Celebrating female role models across our community, live from Cary Baptist Grammar in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to Be Like Her Live on Cary Live. Hello everyone and welcome to Cary Live. My name is Greta, Greta Wansborough and here are my co-hosts, Elliot, Sam and Mac. Today we are here at Cary Sports Complex and we are lucky enough to be interviewing Josie Girdlestone, who is currently working as a paramedic. Thank you so much for coming here today. So first off, can you tell us a bit about your job as a paramedic, what this involves, where you are based, etc.? Yeah, certainly. So um, I am a paramedic based out of the Q Hawthorne sort of area. Um, I'm only in my first year of the role, so I'm pretty new. Um, so essentially our role works in, we work in a four days on, four days off sort of role. So we'll have um, two day shifts, which are about 12 to 14 hours. Um, and then we'll do two night shifts. So again, 12 to 14 hours as well. Yeah, all right. Um, I understand that you work as a paramedic. So what are some of the day-to-day tasks that you do in your role? Yeah, certainly. So we start our day off, we come to our shift early. So we'll do what we call a truck check. So we've got to make sure we've got all our equipment in our truck. We've got to make sure we've got the specific drugs on board. Um, And because we do carry quite a bit of um, heavy sort of drugs, we have to do all the checks to make sure that we've got the right amount, that um, that they're all accounted for, and they're all sort of locked up in safes and bags. Um, So once we're good to go we let um, sort of the head know that we're good to go on shift Um, and then depending on how busy the night is we can get anywhere from three to ten jobs a night Mm. and so essentially you just get called out um, wherever they sort of dispatch want you um, and they give you a little bit of information about um, what you're going to and you go to your patient and go from there. Ah, Awesome. And um, I understand that being a paramedic can be a bit of a stressful job. So how do you deal with the stress immediately and afterwards? Yeah, certainly. So paramedicine, um, especially with Ambulance Victoria, is fabulous in the sense that everyone's really close. Um, They have a lot of peer support. Um, The workers, um, you have a partner on the truck, so you'll work with someone else during your shift. Um, And a lot of times after shift, we'll debrief. So um, if we go to a particularly hard job, you know, we'll finish our job and Um, We'll sort of talk about that between each other, you know, what do you think went well, what could we improve on, Um, how are your feelings about that. Um, And also having sort of that work-life balance is really important. So um, I play sports, so I do baseball, so that's something that I do outside. So it really gives you that time to have your time off and enjoy that and also getting a lot of sleep because you spend 14 hours a day, you know, working. It's really important to get that sleep as well. Yep. Yeah, so obviously this is quite an intense role, as you just talked about. Um, Have you ever experienced a situation that has had an impact on you afterwards? Yeah, definitely. Um, Some of the more difficult jobs tend to be if I go to people my age um, because, you know, I'm sort of younger and into the role. It can be quite daunting to go to someone the same age as you. Um, But then also you get the more serious jobs, you know, the adults where – you have to sort of just roll with the punches. Like we had a, um, a patient who had a head injury um, and he was quite sick and it was kind of rolling with that and he kept deteriorating. So constantly just, you know, calling in for extra help, um, getting him to hospital as soon as possible and, again, just debriefing with your partner afterwards. Yeah. And um, has there ever been a time in your career where you've been discriminated by colleagues or strangers because of your gender? Um, definitely there are, unfortunately, still in this day and age, there are times that you do get, um, uh, gendered, um, being a female, I have a lot of, you know, a lot of people 
we have a lot of sort of elderly people that fall down and you'll get, you know, the typical nana who'll be like, oh, you're a girl, you can't pick me up or um, they'll sort of, you'll walk in with your partner and they'll just turn to the, the older male paramedic first and definitely speak to them and that does come in with age um, but it also is something that, you know, is always unfortunately going to happen um, but, you know, when you have great partners, they're always making sure that they're looking after you and all that's Yeah. Um, so with your different jobs, say, with elderly people or kids or adults, how does your behaviour change in your approach to that? Yeah, definitely. So each case is very different. Um, you can't really go into a case having bias or um, going in a certain way. So like you said, yeah, with an elderly patient, sometimes you'll just need to be a bit more patient. Yeah. Sometimes you'll need to speak a bit more slowly or you'll just need to be a bit more understanding because to them, to you, it might not be the worst day ever or the worst thing you've ever seen but to them that is a big thing that's happened to them and that's really important so they just want that love and that care and that's something that you just have to you know change with each patient yeah i just wanted to know there's a um there's a gender gap of 43 and 57 percent of um so more males in ambulance in paramedicine in victoria why do you think that is um, paramedicine was um, very much a male-dominated role. It used to be. Um, and that was just because um, that's sort of the way it worked. Men went into the role and it was sort of same as sort of medicine um, and it was um, a lot of the medical heavy lifting sort of side. Um, but they're definitely – they have worked on that for many years and I'd say that's a great statistic that you brought <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> um, but it's definitely a lot more 50-50 now and there's a lot more women mm. coming into the workforce and becoming, you know, higher paramedics and getting those um, – uh, job increases and it's yeah. a lot more equal. Yeah. Yeah. So for you personally, was there difficulty getting into the field of work due to factors such as gender? Um, and were you treated differently in that process? Um, I was lucky enough that it wasn't for me. Um, they again went off my resume and their ambulance Victoria is really working on getting that 50 50. Yep. Um, so I was quite lucky in the sense that they were not necessarily looking at gender. They were just looking at the skill range. Um, But then again, there are times where um, males, and it has come out statistically, males are more likely to um, receive um, higher jobs um, and pay raises because of it. Um, But that's something that recently Ambulance Victoria have um, released um, a whole lot of research on and they've said that they're working on that to improve that. Um, Have you ever recalled a time where you were treated differently to boys? In the workforce? Uh, in your whole life? In my whole life, definitely, yeah. Um, playing sport is a big one. I play baseball um, outside of my work. Um, and a lot of times um, in the women's team, people will just um, ignore you or think that you're not as good or just sort of yeah. ride you off until they actually see you play or see you, you know, do something that they're actually surprised that you have that ability. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, that is the case at times. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I also wanted to know, um, have there been any role models and who, who inspired you to become a paramedic? either at Cary or not? Um, I definitely have a lot of role models in my life, not specifically paramedics. Um, I, um, David Crawshaw, Mr Crawshaw, who I'm not sure still yeah. works at Cary, yeah. he, um, I went on um, the Nauru trips with him while I was at Cary um, and he definitely gave me the ability to um, see, you know, the need for healthcare, not yeah. just in Australia yeah. but in other countries and that was something I started to become really passionate about. Um, and something that I was able to see the deficit in and really steered me towards doing yeah. paramedicine. 
Yep. So in case you missed, we're here at Kerry Sports Complex interviewing with Josie, um, who is currently a paramedic. So I want to ask you, if you were to tell something to your younger self, what would it be? I would say believe in yourself and never give up. As a student, I always had a lot of doubts in my ability. Um, and there's always people that will question you and always people that um, won't necessarily see your potentials but it's so important that you just if you're set about something and if you want to do something give it your all because you'll be able to do it at the end of the day no matter how many tries it takes no matter how hard you might think it is um, you definitely have the ability to have a go and do you have any strategies to try and get yourself to that point because obviously it's not easy to just give things a go if you don't feel confident do you have any strategies for that definitely I'd say surround yourself by people who see your abilities who will support you and believe in you Um, it's wonderful to have great role models around you um, who are uplifting because there will always be times where you know you feel like it's too much or you feel like you can't do it but to have those people who are able to lift you up and continue is really important Um, and again just yeah supporting yourself with those people Yeah. yeah So was being a paramedic your first choice as a career? Well, I wasn't too sure what I wanted to do in year 10 and 11. Um, I was thinking about police force, paramedicine and also yep. doing some work overseas because I had been to Nauru and that sort of piqued yep. my interest. Um, by the time I reached year 12, though, I was pretty set that that's something that I wanted to do, mm-hmm. which ironically I didn't know that COVID was going to happen because that wasn't a thing when I was in year 12. So really when I got to uni, it was quite interesting and it became such a prominent um exciting new career because it's what people started to need yeah yeah and on the topic of COVID how did that affect your journey in becoming a paramedic studying paramedicine yeah definitely so I left school uh, COVID wasn't a thing Mm. um I started uni I think I had four weeks at uni and all of a sudden COVID hit and it was this massive big thing and it was quite funny because I was you know going into um the workforce and going into a paramedic degree it was always incredibly hard to get a role as a paramedic because they weren't hiring a lot of people each year because of government funding and lots of different things um but as soon as COVID hit that changed completely and they were more focused on paramedicine and health degrees because that's what they needed Um, and that became something that was super important and allowed me to get a job you know as fast as I did and just have the wonderful experience that I've had already as such a new paramedic yeah yeah and um was there a moment in maybe in your younger life or in more recent years that kind of sparked your desire to become a paramedic yeah definitely I remember um when I was six or seven, my brother, um, my younger brother fell off a bench um, and we had paramedics come to our house and I was fascinated by um, their role and what they were doing. And I remember it so clearly. I was quite young. Um, but remember thinking it was so awesome and so cool. Um, and then I guess also I always wanted a job that would help others. I wanted a job that was um, always constantly changing. I didn't want to really sit behind a desk. I wanted to have a job that met new people, that um, assisted others, that gave me a challenge. That's something that I also really love about the job. Yeah. Um, do you have any men? I just wanted to know, do you have any mentors in your like ambulance service? And do you, like, have you made good friends throughout that like period of learning how to become a paramedic? Certainly. I've had some incredible mentors while I've um, gone into the workforce. Um, as a, what they call a graduate paramedic, a student paramedic, yep. you're um, incredibly supported by a lot of um, different paramedics. They make sure that you have the right resources, that you're supported, that you're knowledgeable, that you're included. And that's been something that I've found is 
really quite incredible. Um, yep. Definitely a lot of people that I've worked with, you know, there are a few different paramedics that I've just gone, wow, I just love how you approach this job. I just love how you present yourself. I love how you talk to patients. Um, and that's been quite incredible, you know, having them and I'll go to a job and I might message them and be like, well, I had this job. How would you have handled it? Or I have a question about this. What would you have done? And that's been something that's been really helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah. And with these mentors, would you say that it's equally um, men and women between these roles? Um, I would, yes. Um, I There seem to be a lot of older male paramedics and that um, just seems to be the way it is. And yeah. the females seem to be a lot younger, but that doesn't mean that they – um, don't have just as much experience um, or just as much um, advice to give. Yeah. I also wanted to know what do you think your strengths are as a paramedic and your weaknesses as well? Yeah, definitely. So um, I would say that my strengths are being able to interact with patients. I think I'm um, – I would like to think I'm quite friendly <laughs> and able to just sort of walk into a house. It's very invasive, you know. Essentially when someone calls an ambulance, they're usually going through a really bad time in their life, Yeah. sometimes some of the worst, and they're inviting two strangers into their household. So I'm aware that can be really daunting um, and you're coming into their space. So just being aware that, um, you know, you really need to be considerate and gentle and kind and understanding. Um, and that's something that I would say I'm proud of. Um, one of my weaknesses, definitely um, under stress. Sometimes mm. I can get caught up in other people's yep. stress. Um, we did have a, um, a little baby the other day who was quite sick and the mother was quite distressed and in myself, I got quite distressed. Yeah. And yeah. that's something that I'm working on in terms of not taking other people's stress and being able to acknowledge that they're having an awful day, but we're able to do the best that we can. Yeah. yeah. And how do you think, obviously you went to Kerry, how do you think your journey at Kerry helped shape you um, for these both these strengths and weaknesses that you feel that you portray? Yeah, incredibly. Kerry was probably some of the best, I came in year 10, so the best yeah. three years of my schooling. Yeah. Um, I had some great mentors at Kerry that were able to support me through my schooling journey. Um, and I think definitely with that um, contact, that people contact, Kerry definitely assisted in that and aided in that. Definitely in the fact that um, you're treated like adults at Kerry. Mm. So being able to build those relationships with teachers, with students, with um, all different people helped me to learn how to interact with people and build relationships. Um, and then also, I guess, in my stresses, that's something that I guess comes with VCE. Some of you would know that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and just learning how to deal with those stresses yeah. um, and just taking that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just before you mentioned how you, you were quite proud, um, could you tell us one of your proudest moments as a paramedic? Um, my proudest moment as a paramedic? That's a great question. <laughs> um, my proudest moment? Well, I have to think about that now. <laughs> Um, my proudest moment, probably I don't really have a singular moment, yeah. just being able to give patients the best care possible. And it's really rewarding. You know, you'll meet a patient, you'll treat them and you'll take them to hospital and you get to hospital and they're really grateful. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's really rewarding and really quite touching because as I said, they're in their worst days, um, yeah. or their worst sort of event that's happened to them. And you're able to really be there and comfort them and be that person that they look towards and care for. And that's something that I am really proud of, being able to assist others, I'd say. Mm. Yeah, great question. Yeah. And so obviously there's probably the other side to that as well where you can't do anything in some situations. Have you ever experienced a situation like that? Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, there are um, 
moments in the in the workforce that you know you go to someone and you want to help them and you want to do everything and sometimes you do everything that you yeah. can but sometimes it just in the end it doesn't work out yeah. or something happens and that can be really deflating and that can it's very easy to get caught up in that but it's really important to remember that without you there or without paramedics there that nothing would have happened it would have yeah. been yeah. you know a worse outcome or the same outcome. So you've gone there and you've done everything that you can. And it's really important to not get caught up in that. It's really easy mm-hmm. to go home and go, oh gosh, you know, I wish I could have helped her more or she's going to come home with a broken arm and I wish we could have been there. But at the end of the day, you know, as long as you're doing the best that you can and creating that care and building that relationship and that rapport, mm. you're doing more than if you weren't. Yeah. And so does it ever get a bit challenging when people can't really understand that you are trying your best and doing the most you can? Definitely because, you know, um, in situations like these, people get really stressed. Mm, Um, You know, stressful situations, people go into what they call fight, flight or freeze. Um, So essentially everyone reacts differently to stress um, and a lot of people will look at you and you might be drawing up a drug, which you have to make sure you have the right amount. You have to make sure that it's all correct. And they think you're just sitting there playing with water when really, you know, you're making sure you've got the correct measurements and they'll think you're not doing everything and you're not moving fast enough. But what they don't understand is if you get the wrong measurement of this drug, or if you give it to a patient who's not meant to have it, it could be more detrimental. So there are definitely times that they underestimate what you're doing or they don't think you're moving fast enough. Um, But again, it's just explaining that you're doing the best that you can and that you're there to help and understanding that it's not personal most of the time. They're just wanting the best for their loved one um, and they're just there to do the, yeah, get the best care. Yeah. And with that, do you think that there's people there that try and put the blame on you ever? Have you ever experienced that? Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, you'll go to your Friday nights, Sunday nights, and you'll get, um, you know, drunken Dan off the street or something and yeah. they're not in mm. the best mood or they're not happy that you've picked them up um, and and they'll blame you for it. And, you know, unfortunately that is part of the job. You do cop a bit yeah. of abuse. Um, but that's something at the end of the day, again, you have to take it's not personal. It's something that, you know, they've obviously got issues going on in their life and that's not something that uh, it's not good to internalise that because yeah. you'll go home feeling awful where you almost need to be able to brush it off yeah. and go to your next job because if you go yeah. to that next job you know you go to um little meredith who's fallen down and you are in a bad mood because they've abused you you're mm-hmm. going to make meredith's day even more awful yeah. and it's just going to um spiral and just be horrible yeah um i would just like to know some of your achievements as a paramedic like if you have it like if you have some great yeah like- um great question achievements um i Certain jobs that I've been to, I've been sort of quite proud of how they've mm-hmm. been handled. Yeah. Um, definitely, you know, working with what they call MICAs, so mobile intensive care um, paramedics. Um, so they're pretty much sort of like a hospital on wheels. Yeah. So that can be quite daunting working with them sometimes because they have that many more drugs and they have that much greater knowledge. But when you're able to work as a team and be able to um, just sort of keep going and keep that case really, you know, sort of step by step by step, Mm. Um, that's really great to be able to get in the truck and know that you've done everything and everything's turned yeah. out well. Yeah. Um, has there ever been a moment in your career where maybe you felt a bit scared or when you felt kind of a bit at risk by a patient? Incredibly, yeah. That's something that um, unfortunately happens at times. Um, you know, you might go to a drug-affected patient. You might go to an area that you don't know. Um, like we get called to alleyways a lot of the time and it's dark mm. and at night and you're sort of very unsure. Um 
And there are times where, you know, especially as a young female, that's something that I do experience. You know, I haven't necessarily got the stature of a male or, you know, we're a lot more vulnerable to abuse or all sorts of things. Um, But it's very well handled. Like we have, we carry radios with us. Mm-hmm. so we have what we call a duress button so we just need to click that once and they get police on scene straight away oh, wow. so there's always ways to keep yourself safe like um, yeah. we're always taught never put yourself in a corner if you're in yeah. a position where you feel is a bit strange or you don't know what's going to happen position yourself near a door so you always have an exit route yeah but again that's a great thing working with a partner you know there's always two of you you're never alone you're never by yourself in that situation mm. And so obviously with this safety kind of issues, um, when you're helping someone, do you feel that um, a patient tends to go like towards a male or a female first? Do you feel that that ever happens? Definitely, yeah. Again, it depends on the patient, but of course that happens. Like there have been times I've walked in with my male partner and I've been like, hey, I'm Josie and this is Dan, you know, we're here to help what's going on today. And they'll just turn straight to him and go, yep. well, this and this and this and this and this. And I'll ask a question and be like, okay, well, how long ago did this start? And excuse me, they'll just turn to Dan again and just sort of keep talking. And that's something that um, I guess comes can be based on gender, can be based on age because yep. I am quite young. I do mm. understand that. Um, but again, that's something that, you know, you just sort of got to keep talking with that patient and build that rapport. Mm-hmm. And do you think stereotypes come onto that? A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, stereotypes play a big role in that. Um, especially I've been told a lot of times by, you know, um, little nanas who have fallen down that I don't have the muscle to pick them up and, you know, maybe that is a bit true, but also, um, people can underestimate your ability and it's just, um, you can get caught up in trying to prove them wrong, which can be more dangerous. Mm. You just got to continue to do your role and not let it affect you. Yeah, so if you were to tell young girls out there who maybe are interested in it but, I don't know, feel afraid or feel scared that a male um, has a better chance of them getting in, what would you say to those girls? I would say if you have an interest in something or if you want to pursue something, 100% give it a go. Yeah, You have every ability to pursue something and do well at it. Um, it's a great workforce to work in. Um, and again, surround yourself by people who will support you and uplift you. And it can be quite a scary environment, um, but it really is a wonderful one. And girls need to support each other. And it's really encouraging to see, you know, young girls pursuing these male, um, male dominated roles and because they have the same ability as every other man does. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much, Josie. It's been a pleasure talking to you today and it's definitely been really inspiring. Live from Carey Grammar in Melbourne, Australia, you have been listening to Be Like Her Live on Carey Live. My name is Greta Wansborough and my co-hosts today were Elliot, Sam and Mac. Thank you for joining us today and we hope you found the information today useful. Until next time and have a great day. Celebrating female role models across our community, live from Cary Baptist Grammar in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to Be Like Her Live on Cary Live. <laughs>